The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome back, Long Island. You're listening to DDI on Autism on 103.9 FM, keeping an eye on autism and giving a voice to its Long Island community. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Romas, again so glad that you can join us this morning as we share and explore all relevant issues related to autism spectrum disorder. Well, my guests this morning are here to continue our conversation around some of the good work coming out of the Nicholas Center. We have with us Jeremy Scalchoons, Associate Executive Director of Programs, Brooke Mullet, Program Director, and returning guest, Leanne Vitrone, Director of Development. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back. Oh, glad to have you. You know, I have to tell you, we had such a nice chat uh, last week, and I really appreciate you making the time to come back and talk about this in greater depth. We touched on a few major points, but we were just starting to talk a little bit about how the how the Nicholas Center not only survi- survived, but thrived during the pandemic. Before we go right to that, if for listeners who are just tuning in, if you could just remind us or tell us for the first time just a little bit about the Nicholas Center and just briefly your your, your roles uh, in affecting some of this good work. Thank you, Mike, for having us back. Um, so the Nicholas Center is a, a 12-year-old social service agency um, headquartered in Port Washington, New York on Long Island. We've also expanded services within the last two years to Pleasantville, New York, up in Westchester. And we are revolutionizing the way autistic individuals learn, live, and work, especially once uh, the school bus stops coming at age 21. What happens? Where do individuals go? What do we do with that 85% unemployment under-engagement rate? And how do we support not only the individuals, but the families and the communities who love them and want to see the best for them? How do we integrate those individuals into our communities and um, help them become their best independent selves? So that's what we've been successfully doing for over 12 years and um, are really happy to be able to share this with your listeners. Yeah, what a wonderful thing to be successful at, and especially as we just touched upon when our people are at the, at that cliff where things can dry up without these kind of kind of supports. No, no question. Thank you. And just uh, just a, a moment or two on your role, you know, your roles there, and what do you specifically contribute? Yeah, so I'm the director of development, Leanne Vitrone, and I tell the story of the Nicholas Center. So my goal is to um, bring awareness, peak interest, and drive. Uh, drive action. So that might be involvement with the organization, support. That might mean people in attending our, our programs. That might mean businesses investing in our programs, having individuals come and work with them and becoming diversified within their own businesses. So it encompasses a, bit, a broad spectrum, uh, but but boiling it down to, to tell the story. That's what Perfect. I do. Perfect. And Jeremy, just a little bit about your role. Sure. Uh, I'm the Associate Executive Director of Programs. Uh, so I oversee all programming in uh, at both Nicholas Center locations in both counties. I work very closely with my colleague here, Brooke, the Program Director of Port Washington. And uh, I essentially, you know, just make sure that everybody feels comfortable, everybody's in a position to succeed, that the programs are thriving and they're intentional about you know hitting their hitting their goals and that 
Well, first and foremost, the participants are having a meaningful and fulfilling experience. Uh, I also am a board certified behavior analyst and a licensed behavior analyst in New York State. So I, uh, I oversee our clinical department and uh, our onboarding and training for all of our staff. So um, I'm, reg- I'm regularly working with the clinical team in both counties, hosting full staff discussions, uh, ensuring that we're giving the direct support professionals and the supervisors and all of our staff uh, a voice and a say as to, you know, the, the best way to go about uh, supporting our, our participants. Nice. Thank, thank you. And, and Brooke, I think it's community integration mm-hmm. as a store. Well, yeah, so I so I am the program director in Port Washington. Mm-hmm. I started off as being just a director of community inclusion. So just work, my main focus was only getting uh, partnerships in the community. But then I expanded to overseeing all our programming here in Port Washington. So it's kind of like a little bit of what Jeremy does, but my only focus is Port Washington. And then, like I support, you know, all of our staff here, all the participants again, like Jer- Jeremy nailed it, like making sure everyone feels, you know, so always supported, engaging meaningful, you know, um, programs and opportunities. And yeah, so it's, it's been wonderful. And Jeremy and I have been here both same time, seven years, right? Wow. You going on eight. Yeah. So wow. Jeremy and I have been here really from the beginning and it's beautiful to be on this journey with him. And of course, Leanne as well, but it's yeah, just nice. Yeah, no, that comes through in such a nice way. I, I can, you can see it. I have the, the advantage of being able to see you as well right now. You can see the collegiality and that you complement each other in a really healthy and a really useful way. You know, really, <laughs> you can't see this, guys, but they are hugging. So <laughs> I think that underscores the good stuff that comes out of the, uh, out of the Nicholas Center. You know, I think you guys would agree that the, uh, the pandemic really imposed enormous and unprecedented challenges on provider agencies like yours, like ours. And with that came the need to do some unprecedented workarounds and reconceptualize how we provide supports and what we were doing so that we could still still be that that strong arm of, of help. So I guess what I want to ask you guys is how what did you do? How did you anticipate it? What did you do differently? Right? There's a lot here that so anybody would like to start. Uh, I'll start. So uh, obviously, you know, we were, uh, I think it came around St. Patty's Day of of, uh, 2020, and we were planning on taking that Monday off. And that ended up turning into having, uh, what is it, seven, seven, eight months? uh, uh, No, three, I think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) An extended period of time. (laughs) Um, not planned on. Yeah. yeah. And there was a, there was a lot to, uh, obviously it was a scary time for everybody. Um, you know, not just, uh, not, not just organizationally, but personally for everybody. So we wanted to first and foremost, make sure that all the participants and the staff were okay. And to reassure everybody that we were going to do everything in our power to, uh, keep everybody whole and to keep this thing going. And uh, from that point forward, we just uh, hit the drawing board, really, <laughs> and said, sure. you know, we, we pride ourselves uh, on on innovation. And um, so over overnight, we uh, ended up coming up with uh, an entire online academy. 
that we called we called it the we called it the Zoomiverse. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, some people some people volunteer to become educators and, and teachers and uh, we we taught on a variety of different topics. I mean, we really some, brought the Nick. We just took the Nicholson and put it right online. Yeah. yeah, like all the things that we all the programming that we do on site. We were just we just made into lessons. Yeah, like a, like how you like a teacher would do and like create like a lesson online. Like and, then some, and then right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were teaching classes ranging from life skills and uh, work readiness to more quirky stuff yeah. like Nickelodeon trivia night yeah. and and. Uh, geography lessons and it was also really really special that we gave the opportunity for our staff to shine yeah. in ways that they normally wouldn't have um yet you know like we always again like jeremy said before we always gave opportunity for staff to come up with ideas and we, we love hearing things that they want to do at um, programs at the nickel center but they you know like they had the opportunity to really come up with their own programming on through zoom. We had staff just, for example, she loved, you know, she, she speaks Spanish. She taught everybody how to like a Spanish class yeah. and everyone, it was everyone's top class to go to. It was like phenomenal. And, you know, yeah. it was just, it was just really, really great to see. And it was a great, it was a, it was just a great out uh, outlet for keeping all the participants connected, mm -hmm. you know, in a very yeah. confusing and scary mm -hmm. time. I mean, um, you know, it's experts. Like. Yeah. Um, and also another service that we, that we, uh, tacked on while we were doing all that and creating our own academy, essentially, uh, we were also each assigned, uh, everybody on the director and supervisory level, we were assigned, uh, a, a group of parents that each week we would be responsible for checking in on mm -hmm. and, uh, calling and to see how they, just how they're doing and how they're, they're, uh, son or daughter was doing and um anything that we can do in addition to you know the the nine to four zoom services that we were providing if there's anything additional that we can do during this time to um to to let us know <laughs> yeah um and uh it you know and some i i remember telling a lot of people what we were doing and they said oh my god it must be so difficult to keep people with autism individuals with autism engaged and and uh a part of what of what you guys are doing. And um, we actually found it to be the opposite uh, by having the online platform and being able to share our screen. We were able to uh, utilize a lot of images and, um, you know, uh, utilize a lot of the interests that some of the individuals had in order to uh, uh, create a, a safe place for yeah. them and, and a, a fun place for them. And, and the, they navigated the Zoom themselves from their they, home. Yeah. They learned all about how to use the computer. Yeah. So it was really cool. So the engagement was actually not an issue at all. Yeah. And miraculously, uh, however long we were in quarantine, obviously we don't have that number down pat, but um, <laughs> the, like the Nicholas Center didn't lay off one employee. Nope. We didn't have to lay off one employee. Yeah. We were able to stay whole and we were able to keep our services uh, afloat while we, uh, you know, while, while we were creating our... We're going to dig a little deeper and find out just how you did that yeah. when we come back. But clearly it's through anticipating and being proactive proactive around what families as well as your constituency need. So we'll come back to that. You're listening to DDI on Autism on 103.9 FM. My guests are all from the Nicholas Center, and we're talking about not only surviving as a provider uh, agency uh, during a pandemic, but thriving and doing better than ever. So we'll come back to that. On the other side. Stay with us.
Well, we are on the other side of Long Island. You're listening to DDI on Autism on 103.9 FM, keeping an eye on autism and giving a voice to its Long Island community. Uh, as you know, I'm speaking with the representatives from the Nicholas Center, and we're talking about thriving uh, as a provider agency and doing better than ever and more for the people who we support during this crisis period than ever than ever before. And what it took to get us all there and uh, where we left off, we were listening to how training had changed in response to the pandemic and how people might need it to be reached out to in all different ways. Could you guys expand on that just a little bit? Because I agree with you. I think we had to navigate things a little bit differently, to say the least. I'll say, um, Mike, that um, I think Jeremy and Brooke both touched on the fact that um, we're starting with our staff and how supported they feel, right? They're listened to, they're supported, they're given the freedom to to create and produce. And and as a result of that, in our time of, of crisis and uncertainty during COVID, they were all able to step up and maybe step into places that they didn't feel necessarily comfortable, but they were ready and willing to do it for the team, which was such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And um, literally, as Jeremy said, we pivoted within 48 hours to this completely online universe with people bringing out um, their skills or their interests or things that they wanted to impart to our participants whom we serve. So I think that was a really added um it was an interesting uh, thing for me to witness that that everybody was willing and ready, even though we were all kind of, uh, you know, in on uncharted waters ourselves personally. But um, the fact that we had this consistent base of our organization, we're not going away, and yet we're pivoting to serve those that we, we need to serve and continue to serve. In, in- you know, I've got to say, uh, I, uh, I, I think, Leanne, what you're bringing up is so interesting and so nice to hear because it strikes me as almost an unintended, I know that's the best way to put it, but unanticipated good consequence of something that was so challenging yeah. that all of a sudden there was this opportunity, if, if I understand you, for enormous professional and I suppose personal growth that was embedded in this crisis. So, and a lot of us didn't see that, the classic idea of the two-edged coin, right? The, uh, absolutely. I think it was also really great though, because again, like the Zoomiverse, it really wasn't for everyone. It wasn't for, it's not for all our staff, even for the participants who, you know, really needed that, like, one-on-one, you know, uh, in-person um, support. But what was what Jeremy said is that we, what, you know, how the what you said that we all had to call certain parents mm-hmm. and check in, and we all had our own list. That was by doing that and taking the time to actually call the parents, check in on our participants, and speak to them on the phone. It gave everybody hope that we're still here. We're all in this together. You know? And nice. that was like our motto. Yes. And that was a big motto of ours is that we sang that every time I did a Zoom, that was the first song we sang. We did it all together and we sang it together. And it was so fun and nice. But that was able to even break the ice for the, some of our participants to get on the Zoom. Be like, okay, like I can do this. Like this is what's coming up. This is the schedule. Let's try it. And there and and the parents thanked us. It was so oh. like so emotional how much they thanked us for what we did for uh, their their um, sons and daughters during this hard time. We got them. We got some of these individuals True. on the Zoom who we never thought would even get on the Zoom. You know, and that was like incredible to to be able to witness. Yeah, and the, to piggyback off that because you you nailed it when you said that you know for everybody uh, takes in information differently and learns differently. And um, 
For some individuals, maybe a Zoom room with, you know, 15, 20 faces in it with a shared screen and lights and videos. Maybe that's a little too, maybe that's a little too overwhelming, overstimulating. Um, So by us keeping in in, in touch on a a personal level with the the families and the participants, we were able to kind of differentially instruct um, and, and, uh, you know, create maybe more personal opportunities. So, and and that goes for the staff too. Maybe Mm -hmm. staff don't feel comfortable teaching a lesson in front of 15, 20 people. Mm -hmm. So maybe they would do better in a one-to-one situation where they're, you know, working with somebody who needs a more soothing uh, environment, a virtual environment. And um, that's that's our philosophy in both in person and and virtually. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's such a great point because it's clear to me that you you understand that people would be learning different uh, differently in this new model, and you did your very best successfully, I'd say, to to kind of get a sense of what that might look like and communicate differently. And because we're dealing so often with a population that's on the spectrum, there are also changes around or considerations around self regulation, how long people can stay. Uh, on a Zoom mm-hmm. as opposed to anything anything different. And as you guys had shared with me earlier, uh, in some cases they did better. So it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. And some of the lessons of this pandemic around learning ha- are going to be a little far-reaching. They go far, much further than we just, just experienced. And I just want to say, Brooke, I love that little jingle because I think it <laughs> I think it brands, uh, truly, I think it brands uh, your efforts, the initiative, as well as the center, and the whole feeling of this new shared experience. So I can see where people would hear that. And kind of have a nice, uh, kind of a nice uh, response to it. I, I, I just that, really that's know. certainly you nailed it. That certainly yeah. is Brooke's brand. I was that waiting. Is. I was waiting for her to break out. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, <laughs> it was just so sweet. Like every time, like the participant to be like, okay, so where, where's the song? Like, <laughs> you know, like what what's happening if I didn't play it right away? But like, of course, I was on top of it. Like, come on, like, you know. But like, <laughs> I found myself thinking too. I know I referenced this at one point that in addition to being creative and I think intuitive about what the response could be during this period of an enormous and different challenge. I think if I'm correct that what the Nicholas Center has to offer is especially needed during a time of crisis. Remember, this is a time when people were kind of potentially shut in, often very much shut in. And what you were able to recognize and utilize is the ability of some of the people that we support and the needs of the larger community and kind of bring that together. So this period of the pandemic was an enormous and healthy, strange word to use, opportunity for for this to grow. Is that how you guys experience it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I will to say but to piggyback on what you're saying, Mike, it's really pretty amazing because our name, you know, we're really, really made a name for ourselves, especially, you know, of course, when people come on site and they take tours and see what the programs that we do here, they're blown away. You know, we're really, we're very proud of what we do, but our community inclusion program, it's really, you know, we're, we're so all over the community now because like we said, we have a, a ton of partnerships and it's so amazing when people come to us mm-hmm. and they're like, we know who you are. 
are. We know the navigators. We see them navigating around the community. I was like, we have this project that we think would be perfect for you to partner with you. And we're like, of course, like we're, we're, I'm all about the yeses. Like we're always going to make something happen. And mm-hmm. it's so awesome that they're able, people are coming to us with projects. They're like, we would love for you to do this. Oh, even our vocational skills program, we have, you know, we're helping out with, um, you know, the, you know, we're doing, uh, 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 with the medals, we're doing a part of what is it? The Turkey Day with the example, turkey trot. the Turkey trial, we're helping right. with, you yeah. know, the Turkey trial. we're helping putting together medals for a race, you know, and, and it's so nice. I, that that. I will say that that's a direct result on being able to deliver. So right. people, people mm-hmm. were getting a reputation for being able to deliver in a quality way, on time, be be mm-hmm. happy and presentable in the community. And Mike, we um, recently marched in our hometown parade, um, the homecoming parade in the fall. Nice. And uh, Stella Spinakos, our co-founder, has quoted and said, marching in a parade for our population is not just marching in a parade. It's 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 a game changer. Yeah. And so we marched down Main Street and people from the sidelines and the grandstands know us as Brooke is noting yeah. and mention us and wave to us and they literally do know us and wh- how do they know us they know us because they see us navigating around the community but they also see us at the North Shore Animal League or at the at the shoreline cleaning up or or the library the all, music program all sorts like, of places so we really um are living our mission out loud as my colleague Brooke likes to say and uh have successfully integrated ourselves into the community and we pivoted back out into the community after uh we came back from COVID so that was a real um, win for us. So. For me, as as I listen to your good work, what, what really distinguishes it in a nice way is that we are all of us about advocacy. Of course we are, and we always will be. But the word that's, it, it, that I could inject in, in, in what you're doing is reciprocity. It's like kind of this, what everybody seems to be benefiting by elevating Yes. everybody and meeting needs and so and people so this isn't and thank goodness you know i mean this in the best possible way this isn't charity this is not charity this is charitable but not charity and it's in the, in the way of kind of really ensuring that there is this mutual benefit is, is that is that the spirit of it because it sure it sure is what hits, hits me and i suspect our listeners as well Absolutely. And I would say that um, when we have our individuals out in the community delivering a newsletter they've written and produced and it's a free it's freely distributed around the, the community when they're when they're handing that into a business or a nonprofit. They're connecting with those individuals. So people that maybe don't haven't had interactions with individuals on the spectrum are having that engagement and understanding and they're they're meeting each other where they're at. So that is um, a priceless connection. And uh, you're right. It's not charitable. It's it's a win-win for every, literally everyone involved. And the ripple effect of those connections and the works that we're doing around the community, again, are priceless. They really are. I've got to say, each of you brings so much to the table. I, I feel, you know, Leanne, it was way too long before we met together, as, as <laughs> certainly as a group. I hope you'll, it won't be that long again. I'm going to ask you guys to come back. I, I certainly, our listeners that want to hear more and where this goes you know where this goes and how this grows so to be continued thank yes, each please. of you okay and thank you for people. having us thank we'd you, love Mike. to come back thank you my pleasure we'll be sure of that okay yes okay. Bye. Fun. bye for now guys bye bye the views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station jvc broadcasting management or its sponsors